Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We're happy to be back. And uh, we've been gone. We missed last week. I'm happy people are tuning in. We want to say hi. We've got Angie in the chat room. Teresa Sabin's in the chat room. Backpack John. I know more people are on their way. We're going to have a fun show for you guys today. Um, before we get started, uh, I want to make sure everybody knows that uh, Claudia Wells had a conflict uh, uh, with uh, actual work. So uh, we're switching her out, and she's coming back on uh, in July. And so today we're going to be having Michael Deneen coming on as our first guest, and then he's a great, a cool author. And our second guests are going to be uh, Devin DeVasquez and Ron Moss. So now, without further ado, let's say hello to the amazingly, fabulously talented and gorgeous, coolest man about town, Mr. Ron Russell. Hello, Ron. Is he so full of crap? I mean, really, Jimmy, blow it out your ass. <clears throat> anyway, yes, we're here. God knows how we got here. Did you ever fly with a stopover to New York from Palm Springs? If you did, you know what I'm talking about. The most horrible, disgusting flight I have ever been on in my entire <laughs> life. And I have flown all over the world, all right? Um, crowded in a little crummy plane. They gave us water and pretzels. I mean, that's like when you're in jail, they give you bread and water. <laughs> what in the hell am I going to do with warm water in a bottle and pretzels? But anyway, that's your treat, your little snack. They say, hi, would you like a snack? I said, oh, I'd love a snack. And we flew, we flew. We've been flying for days, it seemed. And then we arrived in Dallas. Um, I needed a wheelchair because the 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 walk from the from our plane to the other plane is like miles and miles and miles. And we didn't know that we had to get in a train. So I'm in a wheelchair in a train, but the wheelchair doesn't lock. 
And as the train is rolling around, so am I. I hit a few people with the wheelchair. Then finally, I ended up hitting a wall, which secured me till we got to our next flight. Wheelchairs were not were not um, where they supposed to be. Attendants were not there. Um, I'm sorry, but America doesn't take care of its uh, people that need. Uh, I don't want to call us. Well, I don't want to call us ill people or broken people, but people who have had surgery. Yeah, like I, I had, so I'm not, uh, what is the word? Handicapped. I am not handicapped. I had a surgery that didn't require me to walk a lot. Um, so people that have some kind of a condition should have a wheelchair and Americans should see to it that they get it. But they didn't. Anyway, so we spent four hours on the phone making sure he had a wheelchair. <clears throat> then we got to Dallas. The wheelchair wasn't there. Then by the time the wheelchair got this, the guy left us there and didn't take us to the gate. So we missed the flight and we had to go take another flight because they were lax. So, we- so that's all bullshit where I come from. We call that bullshit. Um, that's the way of today. 30, 40, 50 years ago, we flew 747s. The wait, the, 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 the attendants, the stewardesses had skirts, little tops, little cute hats. We ate meat food. They said, you have a choice, sir, of chicken or steak, which would you like? And they did, and they brought it to you on a tray, and you had chicken or steak, whichever you preferred, and a dessert and a coffee. And next thing you know, you were in New York, and it was nonstop from L.A. It was five and a half hours, six-hour flight. Beautiful. Lots of room for your legs. They showed a movie or some 747s. You went up a spiral staircase to a cocktail lounge upstairs. I flew with my wife and child on the maiden voyage when the 747 came back from L.A. to New York to pick up passengers to fly back to L.A. And there was a a baby grand piano on board. And they were singing in the back and drinking. I mean, this is how flying was wonderful. Everyone dressed beautifully and appropriately for a flight. Today, two guys got on. We know from two gay guys. They must have been just left the gym because they had big muscles and muscles all over. But they had on T-shirts with straps and little tank tops. Yeah, and little girl shorts, shorts. little gym shorts with the cracks of their asses hanging out and, and gay little socks and sneakers. I mean, these big burly guys dressed like that look like stupid they look like girls in, in, with muscles. Anyway. The whole event was terrible. The you, flight home, <clears throat> home was absolutely terrible. Except when we got to, to uh, Texas and we had to get the Palm Springs flight. Then there were like 5,000 gay guys getting on. I mean, one gay after another. It was amazing. And the women that got on were all blonde and blue-eyed and looked good. So it was, it was you know, it, there's a different uh, system of people from certain places. Yeah, but we missed all the different flights. We got to LaGuardia Airport, and they were supposed to have a, a wheelchair form there. They didn't have a wheelchair. Then we had to push the I had to push the wheelchair uphill to get to the baggage claim. Pull while pulling his computer while equipment. My computer equipment with my busted knee. It was just a nightmare. But we got there, and and then we had a we had a pretty good time for a couple of days, even though the weather was absolutely disgusting. Atrocious. The weather was atrocious. It was forty degrees, and it was freezing cold. Raindrops that hit my head. Raindrops like the song. Not really. Raindrops <laughs> that kept hitting my head were ice cold, cloudy, gloomy, damp, humid. Horrible, disgusting weather for the entire time we were there, night and day, night and day, rain. 40 degrees and 50 degrees. We had to use umbrellas to get to the car, wet feet. It was, who the hell wants to live back east? Not me. 
even though I said I, how much I would love to live back in New York, I couldn't take the climate. It was no. really bad. We're spoiled out in Palm Springs. It never rains. And we have sunshine every day. We can plan a party four months from now, and it will be a beautiful evening, and we can do it out of doors. There's a difference. You know, when you're young, you can tolerate anything. You're like rubber. You know, you bounce back. But when you get older, it's very difficult to deal with cold and damp weather. So we also want oh, wait. First, everybody wants to see your watch. Oh, it's only it's only my white when I wear it often because I'm wearing a white shirt with a sequin so they snake. They want to see it. Yeah, it's a forty. Forty-nine, and 49. then I want to thank everybody because everybody in the chat room sent lots of birthday wishes for Rom. Yes, had a beautiful party. So yes. thank you so much. And I mean, I had so many well wishes from so many wonderful people, and they wrote such nice things, caring about my health and wishing me, you know, all sorts of wonderful stuff. And I thank you all on Facebook. I couldn't do it individually, but I did one big uh, thank you to everyone. So B. Claudia has joined us from Germany. Don Hinton is with us. Teresa Saban, thank you. She sent me tons of messages. She's in Florida. Um, it's going fast, and I don't actually know. I know Pack Pack John said, oh, Miss Kim is there. Hey, Miss Kim, how you doing? Hope all is well. Um, our next big event coming Who's up. Who's Miss Kim? Artist Miss Kim. I don't know. She's there every week. Okay. <laughs> Say hi. <laughs> I, I don't know her. Yes, you do. Like we talk about her. <clears throat> we talk to her every week. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know her. I've never had her on our show. I've never seen her face. Uh, no, we don't know her. We don't have her face, but she's on Facebook. Uh, the best part is you're still here, Ron, she says. And Oh, Angela Joseph is also there. She's in Las Angie, Vegas. Angie, baby, it was so good seeing you. We saw Angie, you guys, the Friday night before we left. We went to Santa Clarita. And she made this incredible meal for everybody. I wasn't eating at the time, still not an appetite after surgery. But everybody else enjoyed what she uh, barbecued and cooked. It was a lovely evening. Yeah, we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, when Diane was there and uh, Larry, Al and Larry. Oh, yeah, Larry. Uh, it was fun. We had a really good time. And now she's in Las Vegas doing something. Um, so we had a good time. We want to like, thank everybody for all the well wishes. We want to thank everybody showing up for the chat room. We're back now. Our next big event, I think is the clown motel Two premiere on June 26th. And, uh, so and if I seem a little weird that. sometimes it's because I'm not fully recovered yet. It takes 12 weeks. I'm only in my eighth week since surgery. And every now and then I get like sort of a loss of energy, I don't know why, but I, I get like I just ran 100 miles. So if I see, seem to be like blah for a second, not that I'm bored. It's just that uh, whatever is happening happens. Angela's in, in Las Vegas working on Arena Wars, the, the Mahal Brothers new film that, are, that a lot of people we know are in. Mm. So that's why she's in Las Vegas. What's the Arena Awards? Arena Awards is the name of the movie. Oh, Sorry. That's okay. Okay. We want to say hi to Terry and John too. We want to first. We want to thank Eileen. I don't think she's in the chat room because she's uh, at 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 Mickey Burns's. Uh, but we want to thank Eileen for hosting us for the weekend, and we want to also thank right. uh, and and say hello to Ron's friends, Terry. Oh, I guess Ron and my friends, but first Ron's friends, Terry and John. We had a great time seeing them. That's one of Ron's oldest friends. And Colin did a who is her uh, Eileen's best friend and roommate did a brilliant job as a host. He really made us feel comfortable, warm, and welcome. Yes, and we had a great time. And we actually met you guys. We met Wendy Stewart, Kaplan, and her husband, 
Alan yeah. lives. They came and showed up with us, and so and also Billy Hess was there with uh, Mark. Mark. Um, and then they were going to Fire Island for the weekend, but it was a lot of fun. We yeah, we never fun got to home. Fire Island because I wasn't about to go on a ferry in the rain, freezing cold, to go to an island where nobody would be. So we all stayed at Eileen's house. It was sort of like held up, and I got to get out to the Hamptons for a minute, but we never got as far as uh, East Hampton, which I like. We went to West Hampton. And had coffee and little things and stuff. And then it was just not nice to be out. You wanted to stay indoors. It was terrible. I give a shout out to Stefan. It Stephane's. was a winter day. Stefan's t- just texted me that he's he's listening and Tina's probably listening. So hello to them. Hey, and Tina and Stefan. So how we're going to have a fun show, you guys. So we're going to have a lot of fun. It's our first week back. We got a bunch of great shows planned over the next, I guess, four or six weeks. I got a bunch of really good people coming on. It's going to be a blast. And, uh, uh, we love if everybody listens to us on uh, Apple Podcasts because I'm trying to get our numbers up on Apple Podcasts. So you'll see me tweeting out the link, and if you guys could share it, that would be awesome. And um, this is Astro. Astro totally missed Ron. And, he uh, went wild when the other thing is blocking him. He went wild when I came home. He hasn't left my side, and all he does is kiss me and look at me and smile. He loves his daddy. I missed him so much. You know, you have a little pet at home and you go away. You really do miss them like kids. Eileen has a a spotted wiener dog. I cannot forget what do you call that dog. Dog, I don't know. And her name is Fiona. She's adorable. Cutest um, thing. The cutest thing ever. So we like loved it. She's also <laughs> a seven pound dog. Astro seven pounds. Astro, say hello. Hang on a minute. Yeah, hang on a minute, everybody. So here's Astro. Astro. Astro, look at everybody. Say hi. Isn't he like the most cutest thing ever? Hey, Astro. Hi. Look at him. Look at his daddy. Oh, my gosh. We missed him so much. Dachshund. There you go. Backpack John's got it. So Backpack John does not know what a glory hole is, but he knows what a dachshund is. I don't is. think it was a dachshund. Yeah, it is a dachshund. Call something else. No, it's, just, it's like a, the, the, the spots have a special name. Right. But it's a spotted dachshund. That's right. Oh, my God. That's so funny. So Backpack John got that right. Um, and uh, I will too, Teresa. I'll send you the link. So it is a dachshund. It's adorable. And uh, everything should be good today. You guys are going to love our guests. Um, you guys know uh, Ron Moss. He's a super famous soap opera actor and actor. He's also in Player, uh, the band that does Baby Come Back. He's freaking super awesome. And his wife, Devin Vasquez, is a um, – as a model, actress, producer, she pretty much does it all. And she won the very first Star Search Supermodel Contest, which is awesome. Oh, and I got to write something down so I don't forget it. So talk for a second. What do you have to write down? Just, just uh, something. Okay, I'll talk for a second. The first guest is going to be interesting because I'm sure he and I know a lot of people. He's from Long Island. He was he lived in Huntington. And he, I understand from his book, was born in Jackson Heights. So I'm sure we have stories to share together. Should be very interesting about gangsters. Well, there were a lot of gangsters where we grew up. He's a lot younger though than you are. How, how old is he? He's young. How young? I don't know, I don't know exactly. Maybe uh, I don't know exactly. Probably like younger than me. Well, I'm fifty. How old is he? There you go. <laughs> oh, I could be fifty if I want. Who are you to tell me what age to be? Right. That's right. Great. If you want to be any age you are, you can be, ladies and gentlemen. Do not let the years be who you are because they trick you. You know, sometimes you're 80 or 90 and you feel 20. Don't be 80 or 90. Be 20. 
Don't let the years trick you. There should be a Jesus song. Age is just a number. What's your right? Age is, age just, a is just a number. So is Jimmy just a number? That's right. A quick number. No. Up, oh, Michael's in the green room. So we can go ahead and bring him Michael's in. Michael's in the green room planting potatoes. Hey. He is. Hey, Michael. How you doing? Oh, I don't hear anything. How you doing, guys? I'm a little low. I can't hear you guys that great. Ah, that's not good. Try smiling. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I heard that. <laughs> now you hard with the week I've had, but I'll now, be okay. Now you look like you want to be on our show. If you don't smile, I have to go over there and kick you in the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good. Believe me, I want to be on. Good, then smile or you're getting the fuck off. <laughs> hey, Michael, they're asking, do you have any headphones that you can plug in to your computer or your phone or not? Actually, I don't. Okay. Okay, they were just asking. Uh, she's asking if you can see it. In the Are you hearing room. us through your computer? I actually have it on the phone right now because I don't have a camera on my computer. There you go. Okay, so that's fine. I, I, what, the feds confiscated it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the uh, problems that have when you do what I was doing. You lose everything. You know, they confiscate <laughs> everything on you. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody, this is Michael Medine, uh, Michael, De <laughs> Michael, Michael Deneen. He is the author of Suburban Gangsters, which I'm going to hold up that everybody can see. It's available on Amazon. It's Suburban Gangsters, a compelling tale of life in the drug trade, which we're going to talk about a little bit. He's got a copy of it, too. It's available on Amazon. Uh, it's got many, many five-star reviews, and uh, uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting book, and we're going to talk a little bit about it first, because uh, Ron is also from New York. Yeah, I, I, I know Jackson Heights well, where you were born, and Huntington. I had a house out in Huntington years ago. Um, oh, you did? How did you like Huntington? You liked it out here? Well, we had a driveway so long with, like, trees around it, and snakes were in the, in the, in the fields, and... I never saw snakes, and snakes came on the driveway. I know I didn't like living in Huntington because we were very remote. Back in those, this is back in the 70s, Huntington was still a woods, not like it is today. And um, I preferred, to, no, I moved out to Setauket, which I found to be a little more, um, a little more open and I don't know, whatever it was, it was. But no, Huntington was okay. I lived there for about a year and a half. I had a ranch house I bought for 35000 all brick. See, that's how you know he's talking a long time ago because you can't buy shit right. for thirty-five thousand now. All, all, all brick with thirty-five thousand. That's that's many decades ago. Wait a minute, with a brick wall in the kitchen that had a brick oven. How do you like that? You don't see too many of those these days. This house today is probably a million three or a million four, but it was thirty-five thousand then, and that was a lot of money. 35000 back in the 19, late 60s was a lot of money. All you do today is add a zero, okay? If you bought yeah, a house for 35000 add like four zeros. <laughs> put, a z put another zero, and it's that's 300 350. Well, that's what it was. Now you have to add two more zeros. Yeah, that's right. That's a lot of money. So, so now where are you now? Where do you live now? I live in uh, – I'm actually in South Huntington, which is uh, close to the Walt Whitman Mall. Yeah, I know where it's you are. It's not too far from the expressway and the Northern State Parkway and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so when you're coming, like if you're coming from the city, you get off on uh, Route 110 and start heading north. And uh, I'm about maybe three, four minutes off the uh, expressway. Yeah, I know exactly. But you can keep where going you're. further. And Huntington's got a nice village here, about 
about five miles if you keep taking 110 north. Really, really nice down there. There used to be a good Italian restaurant on the main street, which I forgot what it's called, but it's a street where the mall is on, the big avenue next to the mall. And it was an Italian restaurant, and I, it was called um, La Parma, maybe, or La Stella, or one of those things. Do you remember How that? long ago? 30 years ago, 20 years ago. More yeah, La Parma. That's actually on Jericho Turnpike. That place is fantastic. No, I don't mean that La Parma because we used to have a piece of that La Parma. My ex-partner, Saldi George, used to be involved with that one. No, they built one on, um, oh, I forgot the name, maybe Smithtown Road. No, the road that goes to the mall. It runs pa parallel with the mall. It's a, it's a mall. It's yeah, a that road. would be uh, New York. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, Route 110. Probably. Anyway, anyway, it doesn't matter. And it turns into New York Avenue. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So I'm on Long Island. We were just on Long Island yesterday, and it was raining and freezing and disgusting. We had the most horrible vacation. Yes, we were there. <laughs> the weather was terrible. We terrible. Were, we're there, and it, the day we're there, it's sunny, and then it rains, and it's freezing every day until we leave. It was terrible. We, we were out in Middle Island. Yeah. Oh, you guys just left. I was wondering why it suddenly cleared up. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't didn't you know it the day we left? It, it's eighty five now and sunny. You know that. Well, you know I was a toss up of whether to move back east or not, and I needed some somebody to guide me. And I kept telling Jimmy, I mean, I wish somebody would tell me what to do. Well, now I know what to do. Stay in Palm Springs, <laughs> where it's sunny, hot, and never rains, and it's wonderful. You know. Uh, yeah. That's great. I, I would definitely recommend that to stay there. Yeah, but you know what? There are no people like New York people. And no matter where you travel in the country or the world for that matter, nobody's like a New Yorker. New York people are a breed of their own. You know that. We have our own style, our own way of being friends, our way of being friendly. When you leave New York, people are not quite so friendly. It's more of, a, of, a, of an acquaintance kind of relationship. I knew a man that lived in California. This was years ago for about 45 or 50 years. And he said he never made a friend. And I thought, okay, maybe it's because he stinks and nobody likes him. But it's difficult. No, it's difficult to make a friend when you're not in your town. New Yorkers have coffee together. They go out to dinner. They talk different. They act different. They think different. Um, people are afraid of me out here because I curse and I get tough sometimes. I, like I said to you, I kick you in the teeth. That's a New York thing of affection. But out here, if you say to some of these native Californians, I'll kick you in the teeth. They call the police and you're arrested. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, they don't get it that it's a joke. <clears throat> so you have to watch your P's and Q's when you live out of New York. I mean, in New York, we walk up to each other and say, hey, fuckface, how are you? I haven't seen you in a long time. Now, if I ever said that to a friend in Palm Springs, hey, fuckface, they would drop dead. They would fall down on the floor. They, they, they wouldn't know what well, the hell in New I York, would... We have a perverse sense of humor, and we have that swagger that you don't see anywhere else in the country. You're right. You're right. Uh, I mean, and, we, and when we're friends, we're friends. We're not acquaintances. We we hope we help each other out. No, I mean not my generation anyway. Anyway, it's not that way anymore in California. I love and I'm staying here. Period. So let's get to your book. So okay, you guys. So here's Michael's <clears throat> book again. On the back it says about the author. Michael P. Deneen grew up in Huntington, Long Island, New York. He studied and taught karate for over 20 years. He was a trainer to professional athletes. 
After high school, he pursued a life of crime for more than 20 years and survived to tell his story, this story, his story. So tell us a little bit about, um, because I've read about half the book and I also read all the reviews that were on Amazon, which you have phenomenal reviews, which, you know, it's hard to get a review on Amazon for a book. So the fact that you have like 45 of them or something is really impressive. Um, And uh, so tell us, how did the book come about? The book actually um, was the product of uh, of kind of my life story and some of the people that I had been involved with since I was a late teenager. Uh, when we when we were younger, you know, we started getting into drugs at a young age, and uh, by the time we were in high school, none of us were paying attention to school or taking it seriously or anything. And uh, what we did is we gave ourselves limited options moving forward. And uh, once we once we were kicked out of school or dropped whatever it was, uh, you know, we, we needed to start making money. Michael, I want to uh, interrupt. I want to interrupt you. We need to know the year you were talking about. What years were this? Okay, this is 1984. Okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, uh, you know, we we were we wanted to make money. Everybody around seemed to be making money at that time, and. Uh, we didn't have many options, and suddenly, with the explosion of the cocaine and the crack cocaine, it uh, it, it it gave us a uh, an opportunity to at least give it a try. So we uh, jumped into the pool, hip deep, and uh, started at it. And uh, what started out as what we thought would be a smart move became a very bad career move for all of us in the end. Absolutely. So one thing I find. Uh, interesting about the book um, and it shows that you actually are a really intelligent guy so like maybe you, d- you made some bad choices but the book is written very well and it, and, and you I, I've read all over the place how you basically like didn't pay attention to school after like ninth grade um, and that you probably would have been really good in school but you you know you didn't pursue it um, it's written extremely well by someone who sounds extremely educated and who's been through a lot um, so I wanted to congratulate you. you on that because it's written very, very well. Or did somebody write the book for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did it all myself, believe it or not. I couldn't find anybody to help me. I would love to have had some help, but uh, I had to do it myself. You know, I, I want to bring out a little story for you about drugs, you know, coming from uh, Brooklyn and then living in Astoria, Queens. The name Michael Papa, does that ring a bell? Does that mean anything to you, Michael Papa? No, not offhand. Not at all. Okay. He used to supply all the drugs to Studio 54 to rebel. And he lived in Bell Boulevard in Bayside. And they found he and his wife shot to death. Um, Oof. Yeah, well, this is what happened back. This is and this was back in the 60s or 70s, early 70s. 70s. And this is what happened in Queens, every day I'd read or hear about another guy got killed, another guy was shot, or they got a, a the, the necktie where they cut his throat and pulled his tongue through. The what is it? The Cuban. Right. Neck- so what they have you got? The to- necktie they called it. Right. So yeah. what have you got to say about the danger of what you did? That's where this book has its most profound impact, I believe. I try to explain to people what it was like back then, the amount of violence, it was everywhere. And it was so profound. The death toll soared. Once the crap cocaine hit in like 84, 85, it just rose and rose and rose. 
I think in 1990, we had a, uh, a record that year of 2,245 murders in New York City alone. Wow, that's a lot. And, uh, it was just it was a horrible time to, to live as far as with the danger and stuff like that. There were people that ended up getting killed in the story. One of them happens to be, uh, I changed the names of the book and everything, but uh, Dee Schneider from Twisted Sister, his brother-in-law was one of the uh, victims in it. Oh, that's terrible. I'm actually friends with his son, with D. Snyder's son. We've had him on the show, uh, Jesse, about, I don't know, three or four times. But um, that was the problem back in those days. People were being killed right and left. Uh, they thought nothing of shooting you just for a stupid reason, not for a good reason. It was like everybody was afraid that everybody else was a rat or going to cut in on their deals. People are paranoid, and I believe it's because the drug dealers took drugs. And when you're on drugs, you hallucinate, and you get all kinds of wild thoughts. And a lot of those killings were done while people were high. Uh, had an argument. Absolutely. Pulled out a gun and shot three people. So it was a dangerous time. Now, how did you get around the police? The police were definitely aware of what was going on. They're not stupid. I know of a fact that the police knew every move and everyone that dealt drugs in New York City. They just couldn't do anything about it because the higher ups were paying the cops off. What do you think about that? Well, it's an interesting story with me. Uh, by 1985, the cops were well aware of what me and my crew were doing out here. And, you know, they were they started surveillance with us from time to time. And, and we became a big thorn in their side. But what happened is, is a few years down the road, when, when some of the players started getting busted, uh, I came up with around 1991, my training partner and dealing partner had gotten busted. They didn't actually get the cuffs on him. He ended up escaping and taking off to California, but they shut him down. So what I did, I knew my days were numbered at that point. The cops were zeroing in on me. So what I did is I had to deal with a police officer that I became friends with, and I started working for him as a voluntary informant. Oh, wow. So he so gave you, me so you, so basically you, the green light. So you he were, gave me the green light yeah, but you were a squealer. to go ahead and deal while I was working for him. Now, you were a squealer, okay? Plain English. Let's talk turkey here. We don't bullshit on our show. You were a I'll squealer. Off, there's no doubt. Wait a minute. You were a squealer. You were riding on the crowd. Didn't you worry that they were going to come after you and your family? If they found Not at out. All because I... I knew I could handle myself better than anyone that was coming after me. Most of these people, they didn't even, wouldn't even think twice about testing me. I had, I had taken karate for, for 10 years at that point. I was extremely capable, and uh, I handled myself very well, as did most of the people in my crew. This game is about survival, though. Like People can call me a rat. They can say what they want. But in the end, there is one thing that counts, and it is survival. It's either that or jail. There's no other ending that's going to come out of it. Or death. Yeah, like, yes. So no, well, I know a lot of people from Brooklyn years before you, many years before you, who ratted. And they were put in these uh, protection things where they put them out in Arizona, whatever, whatever. But then witness maybe protection. witness protection. But then like three or four years later, we would find out, guess what? Louis, who they sent out to Arizona, he had a car crash. He was killed. So... 
they get, eventually get you. They'll wait. You know, the mafia, or whoever want to call it organized crime or gangsters, they don't kill you right away. They wait. And they wait many years, sometimes 10 years. How and, long has this been for you? So, yeah, but you're like 20-something years past it. This is nope. wait, wait, wait. down. Like the big bust. I, I work not only with the police, but with the feds, with the Drug Enforcement Administration. We put together a massive bust for them where they swept the whole town. They arrested 30 people. They took about 40 cars, three houses. I mean, boats, everything, you name it. This all happened like 1992, I believe it was. Oh, so that's almost so 30 it's been years a really, ago. really long time. And I wasn't ratting on the mafia at that time. I, it mostly it was independent criminal organizations in play here. And uh, so they were a little less dangerous as far as they're being able to be capable to pull something like that off, you know? But my point I was making before Jimmy tuned in was, um, do you have nights where you look over your shoulder worrying possibly somebody who used to went to jail is now out of jail <clears throat> and is waiting to get you? Because ultimately, this is what happens. Anyone that does time because of a squealer will wait. And they, they sort of organize their own little group, you know, like two or three guys that agree. They said that fucking guy's a rat. Let's get him. And they all like it. And they organize this kind of a peculiar way, like, you know, you become a drug overdose job or you become a car crash or just somebody runs you over. Are you afraid because you did this that maybe there's somebody out there lurking to get you? That's the question. Absolutely not. Although when the book came out uh, two years ago, uh, everyone started to read it around town. The one guy that we set up really bad, who did a lot of time, he found out finally there was me and my other partner that routed him out. About three months ago, he slashed my father's tires. Well, yeah, so you got to be careful. That was your throat. He just got the tire first, you know, so you should have protection yeah. of some kind. You have to inform the police of all these people who they are in the event anything happens to you. They know who to go after, because what you did was a very dangerous thing. You know, I grew up <clears throat> in Brooklyn, Red Hook, hung out in Mill Basin and, in you know, all those places. And I know a lot of the old timers. Um, you could do anything, but never squeal. If you squeal, it was like the worst thing you could do. You were really a, a low-life, no-good person, and they would kill you. So I think it took a lot of guts for you to come out and to do that. Uh, what made you even think about it without any hesitation that maybe it would be dangerous? For me, it was a survival instinct. Back around the 80s, after Henry Hill basically did what he did, the, the days of the omerta and the, the not talking to the police and all that stuff, that went by the wayside. That was a bygone era at that point. And everything is fair game. What, what happened in the 80s is everything became a totally different hustle game now where anything goes. Anything can happen. There are no rules anymore that you play by, which made it even scarier. Were you in jail? So I did that for survival. Were you in jail then? Did you have to serve time? Uh, I didn't get caught with anything major. The only time I spent in jail was like, well, I fell to a drug addiction at one point, and that's when I started getting arrested. I sold millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of drugs for years, never got even a ticket. But then when I started using drugs, all of a sudden I started getting busted every other week for petty stuff. And I never did a lot of time. I was in and out a few weeks here, a month there, a few weeks here, a month there. 
nothing major. And how long? And so, and and how long have you been out of the life? Well, you are out of I've it, been right? Out of it a long time ago. <laughs> I finally got clean and sober in two thousand and nine. After you know, I, I I battled a very bad heroin addiction, which nearly cost me my life, and uh, it was very very difficult. I kind of did it in stages, but yeah, about ten years I've been away from all that now. Good for you! Congratulations. Well, what do you what, what do you what do you what do you do now legitimately? Well, my goal here is uh, it's kind of I wrote this book, and uh, I'm trying to press. I want to get a TV series out of this. Because uh, it'll be phenomenal drama, and I believe if uh, someone takes the time to sit down and talk with me, think this thing through, we can come up with something epic along the lines of The Sopranos or uh, The Wire or something in that field. You know? Yep. They want. That's what I'm pushing for. That's my main goal in life right now, and that's what I'm going to do and see it through until I get it done. But in the meantime, are you working at Burger King? <laughs> no, I'm not. I am. Uh, I've got a little money coming in. It's enough yeah. to get by on and live on right now. Well, I'm well, taking care how, of my father right now. He's got you, some dementia, so I'm kind of uh, a little trapped right now. Don't so you, I'm trying to just get by day to day with him. Don't you think that you're being watched to see exactly where your income is and how much you spend? Because you are, you know. Oh, I'm not. I'm not doing anything illegal, so I'm not worried about that at all. No, not even that. Did I mean, no, I mean, you can't even spend like if you, if you went into a casino and dropped 300 bucks, they, they know that you're under surveillance. Don't think for one minute they have forgotten you because I know friends <laughs> of mine. No, friends of mine, we went gambling and one of them was throwing $100 bills into the machine and won 16000 And everybody had a fit and they yelled at him and they said, what are you, stupid? We're being watched. You're not supposed to do that. So you have to really live the rest of your life. That was like no, 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 no. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Jimmy. Gang is gang. Call it what you will. It's all the same thing. Selling a drug, you could do it as a school teacher, or you could do it as a drag queen. Anybody could sell a drug. Look at Fire Island. All the queens that sell drugs. There are more drug dealers on Fire Island on the season, and they're in drag. I mean, who would ever choose a drag queen as a drug dealer? Anybody could be a drug dealer, right? Anybody. It, yeah. And especially when I came up in the 80s, that's what ended up happening. It, it invaded every avenue of American life. Every yeah. type of person was using, selling, involved in it some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I mean, I knew a lot of dealers back, and I've never taken drugs, and not because I'm goody two-shoes, because um, I had a father who was very strict, and I was raised with every day my father telling me, no drugs, no drugs, no drugs, so brainwash me. I have no desire to be high. I got high a couple of times, hated it. I wasn't in control. I felt stupid. I acted stupid, and I never did it again. Uh, so I went through the whole drug route without any problems my entire life. That's why I'm 81 years old and I'm still alive and I'm healthy. Um, I've never abused my body with liquor or um, drugs. Not that I'm Mr. Fucking Wonderful, but I've seen what it did. No, 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 no. I've seen. Look, did, you know, did you, excuse me. Did you just say you were 81? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just turned 81 yesterday. Friday. 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 Yeah. Dude, are you serious? Yeah. No. Oh, my. God bless you, man. You look tremendous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But growing up in Astoria, I had so many friends who OD'd, who killed themselves because they couldn't handle it. 
my cousin Edward, Edward Brenta, it was in the newspapers, so I'm going to tell you a story. His wife left him, and he was a druggie, a big-time druggie. So what did he do? He went in the house. He shot his wife to death. He shot his children to death. And then he put the house on fire, and he shot himself to death. This is in the newspaper. It was a big, big thing in the Daily News. All because of drugs. Okay, if he wasn't so hung up on drugs, he could have dealt with the fact that his wife was leaving him. But to kill your children, two beautiful little girls, you got to be crazy. So we know that people who deal drugs are mentally not fit while they are high. They are capable of doing anything. Am I right? Absolutely. And you bring that up. It brings me to I I wrote about one in the book, a a certain uh, thing that happened called the Palm Sunday Massacre. I believe it was in 1984 or 85. This this guy who was uh, seeing some girl who uh, he thought that she was some dealer was was having, you know, having an affair with or whatever. So he goes to the dealer's apartment one day. The dealer's not there. It happens to be set up for a daycare that day. There's 11 children or 10 children there and two daycare workers. A guy just kicks in the door and shoots and kills everybody. Terrible. Yeah, I think that I'm talking about little young children. That's terrible because he was hot. Well, so you're right. Drugs can make you do a lot of crazy stuff. We know for for a fact that drugs have brought crime in our country to its ultimate height. There are more burglaries, rapes, kidnaps and killings. In fact, I'm in a movie soon that Jimmy just produced about slave trade. Um, we deal in all these subject matters in films and we try to get the point across that, listen, being involved in a drug world or hanging out with druggies and getting loaded and doing anything you can for another fix, like let's go steal my grandmother's silver, I need some heroin, you know, you, that that's not constructive shit. And the people that do this, unfortunately, are primarily black people. If you go to Harlem and all the black areas, drugs are all over the place. We shot a movie in on the east side of New York called Batteries Are Not Included. And when, oh, this is like forever ago. This is years ago. But it doesn't matter. When we were <clears throat> walking around the empty lots where the buildings were knocked down, we were told wear boots because the hypodermic needles are laying in the grass possibly with AIDS in them from people who use them. Now, in the, in the empty lots of hypodermic needles, I mean, in, in such a quantity, in such a big area, that's a little frightening to think that there were children in that neighborhood who did play in these empty lots. So America has gone crazy with drugs, as has the world. I think it's time that we clean it up, go sober, be constructive, they talk about diversity. Yes, I believe in diversity, but let's clean up the drugs first, then let's get diverse. Because to be diverse with drug addicts ain't going to work. So, Amen. And that's one of the things I've talked about recently in one of my interviews, how this thing has got to we have got to do something to try and get ahead of this thing before the next generation suffers, you know, catastrophic losses like this one is suffering now. And it will continue to only get worse unless we have a serious effort to try and curb this at some point. Right. now, It I read, has to be done. I read the beginning of your book and then we landed and I had a nervous breakdown because I couldn't get a wheelchair. So your book, I didn't finish. At the end, do you teach this? Do you say drugs don't pay? 
Do you put the message in your uh, book? Yes, I make it a point to to say basically, do not even think about following in my shoes. You know, I raised a couple of good points in the end in the epilogue, and uh, you know, I, I one thing I desperately hoped would not happen is this: I don't want anybody romancing this story. There's a lot of wild stuff that goes on as far as the criminal aspect with some robberies and things like that. But I don't want people to look at this stuff and think that that stuff is all right, because it is not. Right, I just exactly. happened to be caught up in, in an amazing story at the time. Believe me, I regret it to this day, but I'm hoping I could take that story and bring something good out of it and make something positive happen out of it. Now, Michael, did your parents drug educate you? As far as yes, telling they, they, you, my parents were both really good people. What's that? Like telling you that drugs are bad, not to do them. They're destructive. You'll ruin your body. Did they tell you all these things growing up? Absolutely. They, they, you know, tried to punch it into my head and they did a great job. My parents, my mom, I just lost it. God rest her soul. And my dad, he was a good man. Uh, you know, we had our ups and downs as a family, but they did everything humanly possible to try and, make sure that I did not go in that direction. And I don't know what ended up causing it, whatever the factors were. I still ended up doing it. And it took over, you know, a big part of my life in a lot of different areas. Yes, but they're telling you this in your early years made you pull out of it. I know so many people that their parents did drugs themselves and the kids did and they just died i mean nobody was there to tell them this is a wrong thing you're doing you had the foundation your parents gave you the good foundation that drugs were bad therefore you could pull out and that's why you're alive today believe it or not is because of what your parents taught you when you were young so you should be an advocate for parents educating their children about drugs i do that's my platform teach your children what happens go show them if you need be, take them to a shooting gallery. There's all, they're all over the place. Show them what a human being looks like laying on the floor. Like they know where they are. They're shitting and peeing in their pants. They don't eat. They're sick. They got AIDS. They got every shit and disease. And they want another fix. Their life is the fix. They'll do anything. You know that for a fix. That's the whole day revolves around that fix. They'll kill you for a fix. So hang on. I want to go back. So first of all, I want you to say hello to B. Claudia. She's in Germany. So say hi to B. She just bought the book. It's coming to Germany. By the way, folks, it's a fast read. I don't like slow readers where they, you know, they, they, they make you wait two years before they get a point. It's a fast read. And from what I wrote, read so far, I will finish the book, uh, the next available. So say hi to B minutes. real quick, Michael. Say hi to B. Just say hi, hi B. How are you? <laughs> there you go. How are you now, doing? So now in the book, the character's name is Patrick, but then then you're Patrick, right? Yes, I am. Um, okay, so he's Patrick in the book, you guys. The book. Born in Jackson Heights, not Huntington. Yes, I don't know if that's in the book or not. Uh, Jackson Heights was an Irish neighborhood, Irish-English neighborhood uh, when I was a kid. Yes. You're Irish, right? Irish, English, Italian, and Portuguese. Okay, so you're a good mix of... Wow, you've got everything. Well, those are good blood, good blood. He's got good blood in them. I think that you should, like, contact schools to be a speaker with the book. I have friends who do that, uh, who who have written different kinds of books, and then the, the schools pay a lot of money to have you go in and speak, and all the kids always buy a copy of the book at the same time. 
you know, and that way you could talk about the book and, and not glamorize the book, but talk about, you know, what a bad decision you made and trying to and, and, and how it's not glamorous and that people should stay out of that life. There are people that are doing this now as we speak. There are a lot of ex-druggies, uh, women, that you know, girls that have gone to prostitution. I mean, they started off to get money for drugs, just banging, you know, cute guys in the car, maybe six, seven young guys in the car. And then as it progressed, they were banging big people, filthy, dirty old men. They didn't give a shit who it was. They would ball anybody, give them head. They were giving head to filthy, dirty men just for the, the buck. And they became lower than prostitutes. They became strung out junkie broads who, who couldn't even walk because they, they were so screwed up. And then, of course, they turned it around. And they look back and they think, oh, my God, how on earth did I ever do that? Well, drugs will make you do everything destructive. Drugs, you know, like Coke is wonderful. You, you do a couple of lines of Coke and the world is pretty. And you're going to be Superman. And tomorrow you're going to be the president. And everything is coming your way. No matter what you talk about, it's all bullshit. And then when you come down, <laughs> tell them about That's when you true. come down. totally right. No, tell them what it's like when you come down from Coke. The come down is the worst part. I mean, the, the harder the drug you do, cocaine, heroin and stuff, the high might be great, but the come down is so bad and so not worth it. It's, it. It totally negates any of the good that you thought you may have done the night before. Absolutely. We had and a friend. heroin, you get physically addicted, so it, it will punish you. Once, it, once it's you're physically hooked, it becomes a punishing existence to try and live and stay up with that habit. It becomes Absolutely. living misery. When I was about 21 years old, we had a friend called Little Johnny. Little Johnny did LSD, and he got on a window ledge and jumped because he thought he could fly. Terrible. Okay. At 19 years old, he died. I never forget that. That's what happens when you do stuff like that. It, it, it's so pointless. So I have a question about that then. Okay, so you have this story. Are you the only one of the people from your crew who made it out okay? Is, did anybody did anybody else make it out? Are you still keep in touch with any of them? Or you you cut ties with everyone to go clean? Or how 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 has it affected you in your life? Uh, me? You, well, if you read the book, you'll basically see what happened to me. But out of most of the most of the major people in the story. They either died or went to prison or went to prison and came home. I have a couple of people from the book are doing like three or four life sentences apiece because they got caught for a bunch of murders, robberies, and all that stuff. Uh, a few of the people went to jail and ended up coming home. And most of the other people died between the end of the story and now. Three people have died from the book since the book has been out from drug oh, overdoses. Wow. That's terrible. Michael's mother being one of them. That's Michael, sad. talk about how many people do accidental overdoses that you know. That and, happens, and that's died. usually the way it happens. I and mean, most people don't usually go to spike themselves out. But uh, the thing is, when you're dealing with drugs, especially like heroin or something like that, you don't know what the potency is from bag to bag, how it's been cut. So you're, you're literally getting anything on any time you open one of those bags. It's like a surprise. You don't know exactly what you're getting. You're putting your trust in the hands of some low-life drug dealer. You shoot up or you take 
pills to get really high. Now you're really, really high and you're saying, you know what, I'm too high. I'm going to do a couple of downs so I knock off the high. And that's when you're in trouble because you don't know the balance of the, the drugs. Years ago, what did we do? A quaalude? I mean, give me a break. What the fuck was a quaalude? It was a quaalude was so stupid, wasn't it? A quaalude? I mean, you oh, took it's it. the worst drug in the world. There's no no business being used like that. But they outlawed it. But people that took quaaludes just got silly. Um, so wait, I you know those, those pills. Uh, I, I have a, a another relative who she was a big junkie, and the uh, she was dealing out of Santa Monica, and the cops caught her. There was a, a squad team all over the neighborhood because she was a big, big, big dealer, and they said to her either go clean or go to jail. And she went clean and she built a business of helping other drug addicts, which today is very big in Santa Monica. And she helps drug addicts clean up. And like they, I mean, I was in the office one day talking with her and a guy came in and he's cursing her out. And here she is very ladylike and feminine. And she turned around and cursed him out back bigger than him, better than him, because she was a dopey. <laughs> she knows, she knows how, and she said, don't mess with me, mother. Mm -mm -mm. You know, I did this and I did that. And I, I, I used to shoot this and I, I mean, the guy just stood there. He said, you did? She said, yeah. And now look at me. I'm healthy and clean. So, so hang on. Wait a minute. Wait, I'm going to conclude. I'm going to give it to you. Your book, bad guy that you squealed, good guy that you wrote the book because you're going to help a lot of people. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. So a lot of That's the, the, the people in the chat room, they want to know if you're married. The women think you're cute. So let's go with that. Are you married? And, and if not, then you're single. <laughs> I am not married right now. I am single. And uh, I guess I, available, I guess, is what you would say. So, you guys, you can follow him on Twitter. He's at Michael Deneen58. It's M I C H A E L D I N E E N 58. And you can follow him on Twitter. So, you, 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 you made millions of dollars. Did you save any of it or you, you blew can, it you all? You can't ask that question. Oh, you can't ask that question. That's a stupid question to ask. No. Well, did you drive like nice he, cars and shit answer. at the time that all this was going down? Oh. We all had nice everything. Me, I tried to stay a little more low-key to try and give an image not to flaunt and taunt in front of the police, which was a waste of time anyway because they knew exactly <laughs> what I was doing. That's hilarious. Like I said, the guy that was throwing hundreds in the slot machine, they were there. You know, when you have a, when you have a big name, I don't know about you guys, but when you're mafiosos, they know the family, they know everybody. I mean, they photograph who goes in and out of your house, who's in your car. They want to know everybody you know so they can get something on you. It's a hell of a way to live, knowing that your privacy, you don't have privacy. And you know what? They could wire your house and you have nothing to say about it. Okay? Absolutely. They'll go to any length to try and catch you or get information on you or get any way to, that they could get ahead of you to try and take you down. They're photographing you. Or you I mean, if, if the window is open and you're bawling somebody, they got pictures of you bawling somebody. I mean, it's really pathetic how sad it is to get involved in the drug world because it, it's just, oh, God, it's hell. It's an awful place to be. Okay, so let's go back. So the name of the book, everybody, is Suburban Gangster. So uh, I know you want to turn it into a TV series or a movie. Is there a, a sequel or an expanded version, or is there – 
You know, it's 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 relatively you told a big story and not a lot of pages. He's got the idea. Writers come in and then they create it from henceforth. He doesn't have to write every week. No, <clears> I'm <throat> not saying that. Always, in the book, is there going to be a sequel? A sequel to the book? Possibly doing a revised edition because right. I realized I was a first time writer. I'd never written before. I realized I had left a lot of stuff out. Like I really should have elaborated on what the families went through with the people close in these stories and shown how it affected them because it devastated the families with the people involved. I mean, to a lake to where people's families were just being destroyed over somebody's drug habit or because Johnny got arrested and sent to prison for the rest of his life or whatever it may be. It was really tragic because they were like, the uh, people that suffered almost the most most out of this whole thing. Michael, we're in show business. I make movies, all right? I'm in movies. If I tell you how many times an actor has snorted before they go before the camera, you would be shocked to know that in my industry, the drugs are rampant. Hollywood, forget about it. You go to a party, the Coke is in a freaking sugar bowl. I mean, that's uh, how much. No, really. I mean, you, you go. Uh, I, went, I, I, went, believe you. I went to a party in Malibu and there was a, a, a beautiful little crystal bowl on the coffee table with coconut. Of course, I didn't. I swear to you, I'm not lying about it. I don't do drugs. I would never get involved in that world. I'm, I'm too vain. Um, Hollywood. I mean, I could just tell you, uh, I, I, I can't say too much. I'll get in trouble. Just. A little while ago, we were around somebody that was high on coke, and Jimmy didn't know it. I did. What do you mean I did? You, you still don't of know it. And after, after, wait, after we're off the air, I'll tell you who was loaded on coke, and you're going to say no, and I'm going to say yeah. Like everybody's loaded everywhere we go. No, but it's terrible. I mean, it still exists. All right, oh, these people these people are party cokers. But I'm t we're talking about the real hard knockoff druggies, you know, the guys that really do the big shit. Um, they're the people that are, they don't last long. So, you guys, let's follow Michael Deneen on Twitter. He's at Michael Deneen 58. Uh, again, it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-I-N-E-E-N 58. The name of the book is Suburban Gangsters. You can get it. Amazon, all, all your digital platforms, I would imagine, digital and physical platforms, uh, bookstores and stuff, but Amazon's probably the easiest to do it. And uh, I, it'd be great if you guys would leave a review, leave a five-star review, how much you enjoyed it. And uh, and I would recommend that if you have a teenager you suspect is doing drugs, you let them read this book. Uh, I, I don't know how it ends, uh, by the way. I've only gotten to the middle. <clears throat> but if it ends with the – excuse my throat. He already told you how it ends. Yeah, but I didn't read it. I have to have my own interpretation. Um, <laughs> if it ends with it's a no-no, bad, 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 it's worth for your kids to read. Let them see the glory of, wow, we're going to go and, you know, do a deal. And I'm going to meet this guy on the corner in the dark in the alley. I'm going to give him a hundred bucks. It's going to give me a little bag of, of snow. And yeah, it's not that way. <laughs> Absolutely not. Right, Michael? <laughs> it's, it's so foolish. And looking back, I realized how incredibly stupid we all were. I just can't tell young people enough how dumb it is to even think about taking a chance at throwing your life away on something so foolish. I love the it. best thing you said, you redeemed yourself. He redeemed it all the way through. Thank you. No, That's what no, I was no. hoping to do. 
I you did. It. You redeemed yourself for being a stupid drug addict. Now you're an intelligent man and you know the difference. And if you had a son and you saw your son was going in that direction, what would you do? I would. I wouldn't beat his brains in. No. I would never do that. But I would do everything in my power, everything humanly possible to show him as much love and compassion and understanding as he need would need for me to help him get through something like that. You can't browbeat somebody who's in that position. That doesn't work. I mean, you want to think it will work. It sounds great, but you need to, those people need love that are in the grips of that type of thing. And uh, it's the only way my mother, I came out of it because my mother loved me as much as she did. That's right. She gave you the foundation. That's beautiful, too. All right, everybody. So this is Michael Deneen again. Get his book, Suburban Gangsters. Uh, A lot of fun to read and a lot of of good information. And everybody, look forward to be on the silver screen sometime in the next year or two. Michael, thank you for being open and honest and telling us the things that you did. You're a great guest. We'd have you back again when we need to, when the book needs to be refreshed. Um, Keep up the good work. And spread the word. Drugs, justice for stupid people. <laughs> Drugs kill. Jimmy and Ron, thank you so much. You guys are a terrific bunch of guys. Our I had pleasure. a great time here today, and I'd love to come back and see you again. You sure right, will, Michael. Michael. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a great day, fellas. You, you too. too. You too. Take care. <clears throat> Bye-bye. I don't know why. Hello, Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell listeners. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, said she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. Their food! What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately... She found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. This worked amazingly for our dogs Shazam, Astro, and Brandy. We are noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat, just looking and acting younger. They love it. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com forward slash Jimmy and Ron and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com forward slash Jimmy and Ron. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. my uh
tonight? My throat's going. I think it's from New York, from the humidity and the rain, and I think I'm getting something, man. Anyway, he was a good guest, and he was honest enough to say he was a squealer. That's nothing that people don't want to say. You know, people, I know my friends, if, <laughs> if, if any of my friends are listening, they're going to call me later and say, that guy was a squealer. Why'd you have him on your show, a rotten squealer? Because he squealed and he's doing good. His squealing was to get his ass out of jail. Okay, but also now he's redeemed himself by writing this book and he will help other people. So sometimes you got to deal with bad to get good. So now, uh, real quick, before we bring on our next guest, let me just say, everybody, you can listen. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Music. We're on a bunch of other ones, but that's probably the most. Uh, and those are the ones everybody likes. We're knows. on everything you could think of. That's right. Everywhere, that, <clears throat> everywhere you can possibly think. You buy it, we're on it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to bring in our next guest. Yes. Let's... She's so beautiful in person. Oh, my God. Is she a Hey! I love her. My... Hey! Hi, guys. Ron. Hey, hi. Jimmy. Hi, hi. My, hi, my new best friend. You How are... are you? How are you feeling? I feel terrific, you know, for such a short time. I feel good. But you are so beautiful in person. You're... Oh, on you're screen. No, no, no. On screen, you know, screen, you see three dimension in person. I mean, <laughs> there's Ron. Ron. There's Ron. Ron. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not as beautiful as my husband. You're no, you are. Beautiful. You're more beautiful than him. Get out of here, Ron. <laughs> we're gonna get to it. We have to know how you got her because she's a beauty. Hang on, we gotta introduce them. All and right, she's everybody. a sweetie pie. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, Hollywood's coolest and most gorgeous power couple, the amazing <laughs> Devin DeVasquez and Ron Moss. Hello, and welcome to the show. Oh, hello, and thank you for having us. Prince, hello. I want to say hello Hang on. to you look guys. At you. Okay, so you guys look at this dog. This is the coolest dog ever. He's three, three pounds, right? Three Two pounds? Two and a half. Two and a half pounds. And when we were at Sue Wong's party, uh, Ron was walking Check the dog, it and it was, it was so cute. And... It has its own Facebook page that has more followers mm. than I do. What's the what's the Instagram? Uh, Instagram. Mr. Prince. Mr. Mr. Prince. Mr. Prince. Nineteen ninety nine. And go. this is Astro Boy, this our little seven pound <laughs> baby. Seven Look pounds. at him. Go on hang, up. On. hang on. Hang on. So he's Ron, a rescue too. Mr. Yeah, so's Astro. So's Astro. Hi, Astro. Say hi to Devin Astro and Mr. Prince. Ron disappeared. I think he had trouble with the sound, maybe, because uh, I, oh, I heard him doing a test. He's such a perfectionist with his sound. Of course he is. He's like in one of the greatest bands ever. Of course he's perfectionist. <laughs> that just like works. So you guys, while we don't have Ron, we have a chat room full. But wait a minute. While we don't have Ron, we could talk about her. No, wait, wait. We have to just say hi. We have a chat room full of people. Say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hello, everybody. I wish I could see their comments. They're, every once in a while, they'll throw them up on the... Uh, Meanwhile, in person, she's the sweetest, the nicest, the most down-to-earth little girl. And I flipped over her, and I said, she's my new best friend. Okay, Ron, can you hear us? <clears throat> I, I think you're terrific. No, he can't hear us. Ron, how why. come? I wonder why he can't hear us. That's nonsense. Because he's a stickler for his sound, and he's he was trying to get me to, like... Oh, put your ears on for better sound and look at him. He, you can't even hear him. <laughs> uh, no, no we, I, we can hear him, I think, but he can't hear us. So tell him, yeah. uh, 
tell him to pull his headphones out. Oh, uh, pull Take your headphones, your headphones off. off. Take your headphones off and, and just uh, unplug it and just do it live without the headphones and see if yeah, you can hear it. Yeah, just unplug and do it live. Me. Yes, we can hear you. Yes, we can hear you, but we can't. can't but you for some reason. You can't hear us? I don't know why. <laughs> but you just you just answered it. Of course you can hear no, us. No, he can't hear us. No, he said he doesn't know why he can't hear us. Take the damn headphones off. Uh, Got the audio. Unplug your headphones. Uh, she's writing it in the thing. The in the chat. meantime, oh shit! Hold on, I lost my headphones now. Now <laughs> Jimmy lost his sound. <laughs> Birds of a feather flock he, he, together. He, he, he goes overboard with the sound sometimes because he thinks it's going to be much better. I wonder if he can the naked sound of the. I wonder if he can see the chat the though. Hang on, let's see. Uh, unplug can you your check? Headphones. Can you text message him? Unplug your uh, headphones. I can't because I'm on my phone here. Unplug I your can... headphones. There you go. Did unplug he get that? Headphones. I don't know if he can see. He should be able to see that. I hope he can see it. Otherwise, he can come and sit next to you. I I, I will <laughs> unplug my if, headphones. If you guys, so yes, let me go to. It to his office and come back i can go and because he can't hear i can do that <laughs> <laughs> or we can just forget about him and just talk about mr prince <laughs> and you, you and mr prince you and make mr. fun prince. of him <laughs> we're crazy with these dogs you and i my astro was so happy to see me after our week in new york he hasn't stopped kissing me and hugging me and running all over Take can you hear us phones off Ron. hold on now you can hear us. He's got I he's got real equipment. Now. Oh, you can hear yeah, us. See that? I'm in there and I can hear you now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I hope he didn't hear about the boyfriend you have, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did this. We were sitting in Su Wong's uh, whatever room, and I called up uh, Sean Kanan's wife, my sweetheart, Michelle. Michelle, <laughs> and I said to Michelle. There's a woman here at Su Wong's who's been seeing your husband, and she's going to take him away from you. So Michelle <laughs> said, oh, good. <laughs> so hold on, everybody. And now. then I handed the phone to Devin. Michelle was hysterical. So everybody, now we want, since we welcome Devin, now we want to welcome Ron Moss. Ron, say hi to the chat room. We got a chat hello, room full hello. of people. There we, we are go. Here. We are here. There we go. So how are you, old buddy? You're looking good. I'm good. I'm really good. good. I'm feeling good. good. I wonder, I wonder if you Why the beard and everything, Ron? Why don't you tell him? Okay, tell us. <laughs> He's playing <Okay>. Satan. <clears throat> Go for it, Devin. <laughs> no, you tell him. I'm preparing for a, a role in a Texas uh, Western. We're going to yes. film in Texas. So, I know. Uh, it's uh, with Antonio Sabato Jr. It's called... Uh, oh, we know him. Yeah, he's been on our Trail show. It's called Trailblazers. Trailblazers yeah. is the name of the movie. And we're set to film with a lot of friends with uh, Antonio Sabato. And he's a sweet of, guy. He's yeah, got a, he he's got a huge Batman collection. He is infatuated with uh, Bruce Wayne, yes. Yes, I've got a huge... And Devin, you're in it too, right? Devin, you're, you're yes. on the credits, so Devin's in it too. Good, yes. you're traveling um, together. I'm making my you know, acting debut again. Again, uh, but, but not a debut, so it's a resurgence. Ron, Ron, yeah, we, resurgence. Mm -hmm. Ron, when we were at Sue Wong's uh, house, you told me an interesting story. I don't know that you want to repeat it on the air, but it was about um, Valentino. 
just meeting that gracious gentleman for the first time was uh, was amazing. Uh, he contacted me in my dressing room at CBS. We talked for many, many months, and then he invited me to Rome to uh, come to his big uh, old mansion in uh, the old section of Rome. Believe it or not, there's an old section of Rome. <laughs> of Rome uh, is old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, when he rounded the corner and came to meet me in his dark... Uh, suit is uh, that that's his color this dark blue suit he i swear he went into slow motion in my head in my mind i saw him coming down the hallway in slow motion he just had an elegance about him and he he reeks of elegance and uh everything's white glove service type of thing for him and he's he's kind of aristocratic english aristocratic even though he's very italian <laughs> But he's a very gracious, very generous, and very creative uh, man that taught me a lot about fashion. I wasn't a fashion buff. I always told people I don't give a rat's ass about fashion. But he really showed me why fashion is the way it is and gave me a new appreciation for it. So going to his 30-year retrospective and seeing 30 years of his work, of this creativity that he's done... It really opened my eyes. And I, I patterned my character of Ridge Forrester on Bold and Beautiful after a young Valentino because he took me and showed me how to deal with the models, how he designs things, how he deals with fashion. So um, it was a big lesson, and I kind of use it on the show. Okay, so hold on. I, I no, wore no, his no, no, shoes no, no, no. Wait, for wait, years. Wait, wait, my turn, my turn. My I turn. loved his shoes. He had the best suede. <laughs> so first of all, Soft first, suede. First of all, for anybody uh, who, who, just in case you don't know who these two fabulous people are. Uh, oh, that's not Devin possible. Devin DeVasquez, you guys, was the first spokesmodel winner on Star Search, which also uh, got her the cover of Playboy. You were the first one, right, on Star Search? Well, I won, I won $100,000 as a spokesmodel in 1986. It was the third... Uh, season for okay. Star Search, and it was one of the biggest shows. I say it's the grandfather of all of these shows, like today, American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. You know, because you had all the categories from dancing to acting to modeling uh, I back loved then. It. And uh, because I won the show, uh, Playboy featured me in another pictorial and with my name on the cover. That November. was a big deal back then. I was nope. the first Hispanic playmate to have a cover um, from winning that show. So that's that was a big honor. November 1986. And then she's part of the cast of one of the greatest high school movies of the 80s ever. It's like one of my favorite movies, and, and everybody in it became a superstar, and that is... Oh God! Now can't I can't buy me love. Can't buy me love with Patrick Dempsey, the greatest yeah. movie ever. It's such a <laughs> I can't. Uh, and, and I kissed him first. I, I and it's such an amazing. He, was, he before he was Doctor McDreamy, I kissed him. <laughs> and Ron, for anybody who doesn't know Ron, besides being Ridge Forrester on three thousand nine hundred and seventy-one episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful, which is like a I'm lifetime. In. According to, according to IMDb, it says 3,971. Now, uh, double that. Is it really? More, more than double that. Okay, so 7,800 episodes 
Uh, besides that, he's also in player, you guys. Baby, come back. You can't turn on any radio station ever and not hear the song. We listen to Yacht Rock, and it plays like every three hours, and I listen to Yacht Rock all day long, and so I fr- and the Love Channel. on. And there's no one who doesn't know who you are. I mean, <laughs> seriously, we were at a party, my birthday party in New York, and my very oldest and dearest friend, she came up to me, she looked at me, she said, you know him. I said, I know, I know a lot of hymns. Who are you talking about? <laughs> she said, she said, him. I have been in love with him since I'm a, a girl. She said, oh, I can't believe it. You She's know, like in her 70s. you know him. <laughs> and she kept doing the him. And I said, for Christ's sake, Teresa, who the fuck are you talking about? And she said, Moss, Ron Moss. I said, yes, I know him. And he's a very nice guy. He's got a gorgeous wife. She said, yeah, I know about her. But... <laughs> But him, you know him. So, you- so when she comes out with her husband next year to visit us, I'm going to have to make her meet him. <laughs> <laughs> now that's your new name, him. Yeah. him. So now who is, need, who is Teresa? You know, my, Teresa Vecchio and John Vecchio grew up with me. We all got married together. We had our children together. We lived miles apart on Long Island. We grew up. I, of course went on with Hollywood and Bologna and I moved away, but we've maintained our friendship always. 50 something years. I you, know, to- in, in, you know, in Italy, they would say Louis, Louis means him. him. So they, Ron thought his name was Louis for. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently in, in the United States, it's still him. Him. No, but she, she did. I swear to you. She, I, I thought she was great. She came up to me, but like mysterious and whispered, you know him like she was going to lose her breath and faint. And I said, him who? I know a lot of him. <laughs> so hold on. So then. So well, you get that from a lot of women, Ron. Come on. Cut the crap. Uh, no, no comment. You know, he, no comment. He, he, he pushes against the whole sex symbol thing. No, but Devin. How do you... to just embrace it, you know? Wait, wait, hang, sex wait hang on a second. Tristan Rogers, who's a good friend of ours, you know Tristan, of course, and his wife, who we love and adore, says, said that she would be in a club with Tristan, and women would get in between her and Tristan and push her out of the way and start to touch him and, and flirt with Tristan. Has that ever happened with you and Ron? Actually, you know... When we're in Europe, especially, or pretty much Australia, all over the world, there's lots of women that want photos. And I understand that. I'm usually the one taking the photos (laughs) of the women with him. And, And a lot of people wonder, why aren't you jealous? Don't you get jealous of all these women that want photos with him? And I'm like, nah, you know, I mean, because... A lot of men want photos with me. So. Well, especially <laughs> they, if they come in with a Playboy magazine, open it up and ask you to sign it. But Teresa Rogers also said the same thing. She said, oh, Ron, please. She said, it, it's boring. She said, it's just boring. <laughs> I understand. I understand it because I've been in the business for so long and it's not something to get jealous over. It's kind of a, a fond, a fondness, actually, because uh, three generations of of women, men and women, have watched him for over twenty five years on television, and and it's it's he's become part of their culture. You know, the P- I understand because I used to watch soaps, and and now we we produce, 
the bay, um, the bay, the, ba the so bay. It's like so I understand it, so it doesn't make me jealous. I absolutely well, yeah. Well, Trist Tristan won an Emmy for the bay. No, he didn't. Studio City. Oh, Studio City. I'm no, sorry. they've got a whole bunch of Emmys. For you the got bay. you got. So how many Emmys has the yeah, bay won? How many, we have yeah. ten between the two of us. Five. Congratulations. It's so, a great <laughs> it's a great show. So we've actually had Christian on our show and everybody who's done guest appearances from Dot Marie Jones to everybody. Like we probably had like 30 people on our show from the Bay. To your and, to uh, your lover so Sean Canaan. So yes, so <laughs> yeah. so congratulations to you guys and now so you produce it but you're not actually are you in any episodes Devin? Are you I'm just not. A producer? No, I I did a little cameo on the plane looking at Mr. Blackwell you know, giving him a little, a little look, a uh, flirtatious look once, but I didn't want to act on the Bay. I didn't really want to do any acting unless it was a role that I could really sink my teeth into. And I have that coming up um, in Trailblazers. So I'm really there excited about Congratulations. that. Congratulations. That's awesome. I love well, it. well, Studio City is doing well also. Yes, and we made a little cameo on that. I know. I haven't seen it yet, but I will. It's pretty funny. Ron is very Actually. different. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. We have. Yeah. We have to watch it. Actually, now, the question: How did you meet uh, my love, who I love so much, Su Wong? She's abroad, you know. Everybody thinks she's this stuck-up girl, but she's not. She's just abroad, and well, and a nice I person. I interviewed her. For my website, womantowoman.tv, I interviewed her because I admired her story, yep. her, her, her roots from China to becoming the success that she is. And I interviewed her, and then I met her. We met her together, Ron and I, at an um, art gallery in Be Beverly Hills, and she invited us to one of her parties, and we've been a frequent guest ever I since. I know that. I love her. I know she's, she's so very fabulous. fond of the both of you. She really speaks well yeah, of the we both of you. We love her too. Uh, you know, but when you first meet her, you figure, oh, this broad's got so much money. She's got so much clout. She knows so many people. She's so phony. She's so this. She's so pretentious. She's so braggart. You know, and she ate rat when she was a kid. Um, there's more to Su Wong than that. There's a beautiful human being inside who only wants to be loved and to love back. And she really is good to her friends, the real friends, not the phonies that, you know, gather around her. So Sue and I we have become her. very close and I'm so happy because she's also, you guys extremely, she's also extremely creative. Oh, she's, 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 she's the ultimate she's a, art, ultimate she's artist. A true, a true artist, a true creative Ult, spirit. Ultimate, ultimate artist. She no does question. everything for that, the sake of uh, beauty and health yes. and spirit yes. and uh, yes. nurturing, nurturing yes. all of those things. So it's wonderful. And, all and the like Ron, wait, wait. she'll on, never retire. She's always recreating Herself. Me, me, me too. I'm 81 years old and I'm still going full steam and I'm here only eight weeks out of triple heart surgery. So, you know, I'm, I'm, how are you doing with that? How are you feeling? I'm, I feel wonderful. I feel terrific. I, I, my doctors are amazed that by the sixth week I was running around and going to New York and they, I heal quickly. I have barely a scar and, um, I feel good. I'm, I had no choice. I had to have it. It was either that or die in a couple of months uh, of a massive heart attack. So, of course, I went through the surgery. It's a painful surgery. It's a dreadful surgery. The first three weeks or four weeks, you're out of it. 
All you do is sleep. It's, it's a terrible time. But now I feel like a 20-year-old. Great, great, mm -hmm. great, great. Well, hang on. I want to go back to you guys. We have to brag a little bit. But wait a minute. I want to say something else before you brag. Okay, well, we're coming to your party. You didn't even know yeah, that. That's not supposed to be a public. Are you? Oh, I'm not supposed to make that public. <laughs> Guess what? We're, there's no such thing as a party. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> but yes, we'll see you at that non-existent party. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see you both. And actually, soon. I have an invite for you guys too because a friend of ours is doing a movie and. Uh, they have a movie premiere, and, and they said, oh, my God, you have Ron and Devin on, and we would love to put Ron in one of our like upcoming movies. We would invite him to our premiere of the one that they have out now, and I said I would ask. So in an email, I'll send you some information, and you guys can see if you'd like If to it's a movie, he can change his look for again. Absolutely. Yeah, so I know <laughs> Ron, is, Ron is dying to be in one of the movies that I do. No, this is, this is, this is no, no, no. <laughs> Ron can't <laughs> wait to be in one of my movies. They pay 200 a day. Uh, <laughs> and and Ron can't wait. Different. I'm making a joke, it. you moron. I'm going to punch you right through a wall. <laughs> See those glasses? I'm going to punch him right in his glasses. So you all guys listen. Wine. All the wine I can drink. Yeah, so all the wine. No, I can seriously. Drink. Oh, which I forgot though, too. One one thing I need to make sure we bring in. But here wait, my have... movies are class movies, like Kill a Clown and Clown something else, and then Clown's sister and Clown's mother-in-law and Clown's ass. <laughs> I mean, every friggin' film I'm in is a got a clown. Ron, you would love it. Two hundred a day. Could you imagine? You get three days work. You can take your wife out to dinner. Hey, it you guys, sounds wonderful. <laughs> if, you're having a, if you guys want to actually get a chance to meet Ron and Devin, they're yeah. doing they're doing a fan room yeah. live on Saturday, June fifth, four p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You go to fanroomlive.com. It's a virtual meet and greet. You'll get to talk to them one on one. You'll get to take snapshots of the screen. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, again, it's June 5th, which we'll mention this again but at the end of the show, but it's June 5th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's fanroomlive.com to get tickets. You see how much fun we're having? You'll get to have that kind of fun. Yeah, too. because you, you could be the interviewer. You can talk to them and ask them questions. Of course, keep the questions polite. There are certain <laughs> questions. Certain questions you will not get answers to. I want to get back to the beautiful. I want to talk to the beautiful one. No, wait a second. Whoa. So you guys <clears throat> both can, beautiful, you can but go the girl to Devin, DevinDevasquez.com. It's D-E-B-A-S-Q-U-E-Z.com and RonMoss.com. But Ron is two N's, so R-O-N-N-M-O-S-S.com for more information. And then they have a... They have their own site that's them together that has things that they endorse. What, what I don't I didn't write that one down. It's like devinron.com or something. Devron. Devron.com. <laughs> and you know, like Chevron. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, there you go. <laughs> and one of the very cool things that they've done, you guys, Chevron. And you, I love you, it. you guys can get all kinds of merch on the website, but they wrote a book. And it's written by the two of them, and it's a humorous look at relationships. And this is a gr the greatest title ever. It's my husband's a dog, my wife's a bitch. <laughs> and uh, it's by Ron Moss and Devin DeVasquez. Tell us a little bit about it, because I thought that was like genius, and you guys have such a following. Like, how cool to have a relationship book. You know, well, first you of all, we should get back. I mean, I know how they met, because I already did that at Sue's house. But tell our audience how you guys met. Well, the short version is I got my SAG card saying hi to him in the movie. He met his now ex-wife on. So it's a soap <laughs> opera. <laughs> and we were reintroduced uh, 18 years later by Lorenzo Lamas right. and uh, another playmate friend of mine, Barbara Moore. They were together at the time and they uh, uh, 
reintroduced us because Lorenzo was on The Bold and the Beautiful. And um, we've been together ever since. So it's been 17 years now we've been together. I love it. It's and Lorenzo Lamas' mom is my buddy, Arlene Dahl, who's a good, good friend of mine. And his dad was, of course, uh, Fernando Lamas, who has passed on. But his mother is just an incredibly beautiful woman, milk white skin and orangey red hair and green eyes. For those of you, look her up, Arlene Dahl. Just the most. Did you, you ever see Arlene, his mom? What she looks like? I haven't seen her in the last few years. No. She's. You know what? She's about a hundred, and she's gorgeous. I mean, I'm gonna. I, we should have called her when we were in New York. But anyway, it's yeah. It's so funny. We just watched the movie Grease right. recently. Ron and I were laughing because Lorenzo was just a baby. Yeah, baby. A baby. He didn't even have a line. Yeah. No, I say this to all our gay friends because all our gay friends want to know, is he gay or do you think he's possibly gay, very gay friendly? And I say, listen, whenever I'm in Larry's company, he puts his arm around me. There's pictures of him kissing me on the cheek, hugging me. We like each other. Gay men don't, gay actors don't do that. They hide. This man is so heterosexual, it's pathetic. I mean, if you saw <laughs> the women he's got, I mean, every broad looks like a plastic Barbie doll with these huge boobs and platinum blonde hair. In fact, I wanted to fix my daughter Leslie up with Larry, and I said that to Arlene, and Arlene said, oh, you don't want to do that to your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you you wouldn't wish it on your daughter. She said, no, my son marries all these strange women. But anyway, he's a sweet guy and a great guy, and he did a good thing introducing you two. See, we he like to we like we like to name wedding. drop. He was the best man in the world. Yeah, we like to name drop on our show. <laughs> well, no, everybody that tunes in, they want to know about everybody that we know in Hollywood. So you I know. want I want to go back to the book. How did the book come around, and, and who decided on the title? I came up with the title, and that's kind of what uh, one of the things that spurred on the book being written. Devin's uh, Devin's idea is that men can and should be trained like dogs. <laughs> boo, boo, so, boo, boo, like boo. So based, based on that concept, I came up with that title. It just hit me. In the Good. dog theme, my, my husband's a dog, my wife's a bitch. Good it's, for and, you. And if people get upset about it, I go, it's a dog theme. So the bitch so, is the dog, the female exactly. dog. So he brings but, me a cappuccino every morning. He brings me breakfast in bed every morning. He's been doing this for 17 years now. Who, the, do the dog or your husband? My uh, husband. <laughs> the, dog, the dog in the other room, not the one on our lap. Yeah. <laughs> so According to my I wife. I came up with a, with a clever concept of... I'm going to write my point of view about relationships and he can write his point of view. And it's just a humorous look at relationships, kind of like men are from Mars. Yeah, women women are from right. Venus. But Devin, Devin, how do you relate to treating, raising a man like a dog? I mean, how do you work that? What is it? You want to give, you <laughs> well, want to give us a biscuit? Okay. You, Ron, let me, let me answer you know that. that. Devin, you know that? Let me, let me, I got to let you, you got to let me get in here. Okay. Um, Devin, Devin thinks that she trained me to bring ah. a cappuccino. This is her concept, and I let her believe that. Um, See that? Instead of that, you just well, love you know her that, and you want to do it. Well, you know it. there's a joke that says if you 
what do men and linoleum have in common? They like to get laid. If you lay them right the first yeah. time, you can walk right over them. That's really nice, Devin. I, I, I'm taking I'm taking back my introduction. I don't like you anymore. I think that was hilarious. That was fabulous. <laughs> they get walked on. I love the uh, fact that you guys like. Can well, wait joke a minute. Wait that. a minute. Wait a minute, Devin. You no, said that that didn't Devin. Like you it, said no. you're his. You said you're Hispanic. What kind yes. of Hispanic are you? Um, my father was from Spain, from Madrid, but I never knew my father. He died before I was born. Oh. And uh, my mother was from Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana. Okay, so, so you're... Yeah, so <clears throat> if I'm your French, father... Canadian, Irish, American, Indian, and Spanish. Okay, if your father were alive, you would think differently. Absolutely. Because a, a Spaniard, a man from Spain with the old values is the same as a man from Italy with the old values. Yeah. And you would be thinking differently. Um, a, oh. man, a man, Ron is your tower of power. Ron is your protector. Ron is your sensibility. Ron keeps you in control. Ron watches over you. Ron supports you. I don't mean financially in every way. Without Ron, you'd just be another blonde. How do you like that? Yeah. Running, run, running around laying linoleum for a living. No, I you think... know what? I love and appreciate my husband, and I tell him that every day. I would not, I really would not have wanted to go through what we've been through with this whole COVID thing and lockdowns without him. And my heart goes out to those who've been alone through this whole situation. Um, he is definitely my protector and my rock, and I, I love him, too. And you know that? When we were at Sue's house, the first 10 or 20 minutes, I said to myself, he really loves her. Look at how he's looking at her. You were speaking to me, and he just his eyes started to get watery and glassy and glowing, and he got the <laughs> he got the shit ass grin on his face. And I said, "This man really loves this lady." So well, uh, he's married me three times now. In yeah, the that's last fabulous. Seventeen well, years. That's beautiful. Well, no, nobody uh, said he was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what part? Yet. What part? No, stop it, Ron. What part stop of Louisiana it. are you from? They want uh, actually our engineers in Louisiana. Yeah, Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, rebel, rebel. You so, know, we we go from here to Louisiana to Florida to God knows where, and then back to you. So, yeah. so <laughs> going yeah. back to you guys. So they were on an episode of Celebrity Wife Swap, which I've never actually seen. That what actually happens when you swap wives on Celebrity Wife Swap? That doesn't sound nice. <laughs> Well, uh, there was a guy uh, on a, another uh, daytime show called General Hospital and uh, his wife. And they try to keep it. Uh, they try to keep it on the up and up as much as they can, meaning they don't want each couple to know what the other couple's doing. OK, we kept wanting to know to contact our spouse and all. And they didn't want they wouldn't allow that to happen. Because they want to, they want to create a certain dynamic. It's a reality show, right? right? It's a reality show. So, uh, you know what it's happened? Not really it's reality. not reality, right? We know it's not reality. Yes. So she got the uh, five-year-old boy, the uh, her husband and their five-year-old boy, and the five-year-old boy fell in love with Devin. Of so course. they had a they had a wonderful little family thing going. So they, I could tell that they decided me and his wife 
We're going to be the antithesis of that. We're not going to be the happy couple. So you guys gonna, didn't get along. <laughs> well, gonna, yeah. yeah, we got along great, but they did not want to show that part. So they they made it seem like I was always irritated at everything she did. And she and I actually got along great. We had some great conversations and we'd start a conversation. The producer would go a couple minutes in. Okay, that's great, guys. So can we get a little more pushback on this? And it, I, I think that stinks because the, the, you, your audiences now are going to think you don't get along. I think that's wrong. And they also going to Well, think that's what ask. they do, you know, 70%. Yeah, well, screw them. You're not going to screw them. You're not going to give up your reputation to make their show good. So I did it air? Did your episode? It's all in the editing. You guys. It's been. That's it's aired several times. Actually, they've rerun it many times. In the chat well, room, they're well, saying they love that show. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to say to you, folks, in person, off camera, without anybody looking, these two guys get along great. They were wonderful. Well, they weren't she getting spoke along with each other anyway. They were getting a they no, but at wives. Sue's house, she was talking they were about different wives, celebrity wife swap. He doesn't watch any reality. I shows. hate those stupid things. I mean, I don't <laughs> I mean, even know why they made. She went with the other guy's husband. And he went with the other guy's wife. Yeah, so he was mean to the other guy's wife. Yeah, well, he wasn't really, but no, they, what they do. <laughs> oh, I think they, the whole premise is stupid. They make it seem like you're in each other's houses but oh forget not. forget about it forget and... about it forget about it. come into my movies 200 each a day you make some money <laughs> i mean you know so then another it. thing they got you guys because they they've really like branded themselves so now they have devin's kick-ass cajun seasoning that you can get on devron.com i had to think about it devron.com and not only does Ron with player. She brought something to Sue's, if I remember. Am I losing my memory? Mm. Did, did you did you make something and bring it to Sue's that we ate? Cajun? No, not no. at that party. No. But I am on Cajun food is my specialty. And I created the spice uh to we give part of the proceeds back to victims of natural disasters, and it was oh, inspired. Cool. Uh, by Hurricane Katrina when it hit New Orleans. I wanted to do something authentic to give back to my home state. So it's my recipe created um, down in Louisiana, packaged in Louisiana, and I'm a Louisianan. So Good. it's a great spice, lower in sodium, and um, it's a spice that gives back. I like love Good. it. Now, can I ask you a question for my own self, a personal question? <clears throat> Jimmy and I have decided Palm Springs is just too hot. I'm making a lot of films, big films, 200 a day, remember now. So I'm in, I'm in about six or seven these Academy Award winning films that I'll get an award for for sure. And we have to go to L.A. We drive in two hours a day. Mostly we shoot up in Santa Clarita, you know, up at the ranches, the, the farm. You guys, I'm not going to say where you live, but I know where you live. Do you think Jimmy and I should look there? Because I love it there. It's beautiful. Yes. What's it, what's it We're like? We're actually but, selling our house. You can buy our house and move right in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking. Where are you going? Wait, I'm looking for a house for about twenty nine nine ninety. We're in Europe half the time as it is, and we have been. Uh, and it's just easier on the body to just be half the time in one place and half the time in another. And so um, our kids are grown up and we're, we're just, we don't need such a big house. And right. so right. we're thinking of downsizing and 
having a much simpler life. That's because nice. Because it's just Ron and I and Prince. But yes. would you so, stay? Would you stay in the neighborhood? You're in the area. Yes, we love our neighborhood. We're just outside of Thousand Oaks. Beautiful. Yeah, well, I didn't want to say that. We're looking in, we Santa, were looking in Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita. It was, we're, we're 55 and over because uh, I'm 81. So are and we. You're 55 and over? You're not 55. <laughs> Devin, you're 55? I'm going to be 58 God, in a couple you, weeks. I'll be 57. You look good. You look good for 58. <laughs> Here, here, I'm thinking you're like. I'm not going to say how old Ron is because he's. No, I know, I I know how old he is. We discussed. I don't. I think age is just a number. I don't. I agree. Well, look at me, 81. Do I look 81? No way. No, you do not. I know people that are younger that act older or seem. Yes, yes, yes. Doesn't matter. It's it's how you think and how you feel. Devin, Devin, if you knew our schedule for the next four months, you'd say that Ron Russell will be dead soon. Because we have, you know, because of Soho Johnny and Sue Wong and a bunch of other friends of ours, we have rock concerts coming up in August in New York and L.A. We have, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a judge at a dance contest for a disco party that's going to be in L.A. We oh, have New York. New York. We have a schedule that young people can't do. My mind does not see age. I am right. as young as I was when I was young. I refuse to age in any way, I physically think or mentally. Is the new forty now. Yes, right? I agree. Well, eighty is the new forty for me. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so can also, you guys, can you guys see this? Yes. Yeah, that's you playing a guitar. Who am I playing? The bear. A bear. I saw that on your Instagram. What's the bear yep. doing there? Which actually, we should tell everybody so you guys can follow Ron on Instagram. He's Ron Moss. R O N. Is it over? Is it over? And at at Twitter, it's the bear. He he and his bro he just lost his brother. This bear, he's nineteen years old, and he, they were on on commercials and TV shows. The sweetest bears. They're like so well kept and well fed and loved. And but this this bear Cody, he lost his brother That's a sad. month ago. So. But the other day we were out there with him and he uh, it's a ranch with a lot of different animals. And we put a bunch of raccoons all over us, little baby raccoons while we were playing music. So we, I had three raccoons sitting on me all over me while I was, we were playing music. It's very cute. So yeah, anyway, I, bear, I, love, I love that stuff. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. And the bear just went around getting treats from everybody. And uh, you, there's a big respect. You can't just go up and jump on him and all that. Right. You know? But there's a big respect. But the bear is just very chill. He has got a big pool, a big, uh, wonderful little pool that he, the girls all got in the pool, and the bear jumped in with them, and they were just very cool. That's very cool. Ron, again, because I'm old and I lose my memory, name me your movie you're shooting, and when will it be out? Uh, Trailblazers. We're hoping to start shooting in a couple of months if we get all the financing together, all our ducks in order, and uh, right. it'll be out sometime next year. Obviously, and who's who, what's what's your cat? Who's in your cast? Oh, My great cast. Uh, it's a it's a very uh, eclectic cast of almost uh, everybody in the cast has been on our show. Just about who? Really? Name uh, let's, let's hear. Name Chris, Christy Swanson. Um, Kaya Jones. Kaya Jones, who I just did a bunch Scott of press Bayo, for. Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo. We know, I know. I interviewed Scott. We have Dean, Scott. I, Dean Kane. Dean Kane. Robert Davi. I, I, I think. interviewed Dean Kane. Robert Davi. I, think, I interviewed maybe. Robert Davi. 
Yeah, we have them all. Yeah, I interviewed all these guys. They're great guys. I love Sean Kane. He's uh, not uh, Sean Kane. Uh, Dean Kane. Dean Kane. He's a really nice guy. Superman. Yeah. yeah. I think it's fabulous. So hold on, I want to go back though before because we've still got we have like ten minutes left before they're gonna kick us off the air. And I wanna I wanna promote some of Ron's stuff because I didn't know you did all these solo albums um before we met you. I was so excited when I met you to meet your wife actually for, Yeah, your wife for I can't love. buy me love because like it's such a great movie. Um that that I heard somebody talking to you at Sue Wong's about like different solo music. And now according to your website, you have two two solo albums. Is there more than that? Because on Spotify it seems like there's more than that. It's three. three okay. Three albums. Uh, one of them. Hang on, doggy. One of them is. Oh, hold on. I got it written down here someplace. I wrote it down. Uh, I'm your man and uncovered. And right. uh, what's the what's the other ones? Uh, dreaming. Not dreaming. The lockdown uh, lover. Lockdown lover is what I did last year while we were all locked down. Lockdown. I, I've, yeah. I, I recorded yeah. everything mostly myself in Belgium and Italy. Because uh, we were just, I did a couple of songs with some friends remotely, and I put it all together, assembled it, and I even made little videos to go along. So they're all music videos. Uh, but that was a uh, kind of confined uh, creative endeavor of mine. Uh, so lockdown lover, and um, we had a uh, number one, two number ones in Belgium. Hey, song well, I wrote, congratulations, called. called uh, uh, What's it called? Dreaming in color. Sure, thank you. Dreaming Wait, in what, color. What, what's Dr- your fa- dreaming in color. What's your favorite co- color? What's hmm. your favorite country in Europe? Uh, I would say we've spent the most time in Italy. Me too. It's just I would amazing, say that too. Meanwhile, it's an amazing place to be. If I were casting a movie, I would use you, Ron, and you have a brother who looks like you, who's not, of course, not your brother. Julia Roberts, the movie you uh, love. What's his name? The Pretty great, Woman. Pretty Woman. What's his name? Richard. 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 Gere. Richard you look like Richard. Yeah, you could be brothers. I mean, there's, there's a Gere great like resemblance, him. or that you I've both gotten, look uh, like. I've gotten Richard Gere in my life when I was younger. I've gotten Warren Beatty when my hair was longer. Um, so. So in Italy, too, I get he was, Tony he was Curtis on, all the time. He was on Dancing with the Stars and came in second place in the Italian Dancing with the Stars. You're kidding. I read it on his website. Who Ron did? <laughs> yeah. Yep. You got you got to be they have they have Dancing with the Stars in Italy? In every country. They, do. they had oh, it actually. John was on it too. It did you do the Tarantella? <laughs> I did all the popular dances, all of them we had to go through. We had to do 14 dances. Yeah. Oh, well, my I'm God. A, I'm it's a, I'm much a, harder that show in Italy than the one here. I'll tell you what, like what two the, hour show. The deal. Was oh, wow. It's, it's a four hour show there. A That's four right. hour live oh, show. Yeah, and Italian Italians are very good dancers. I'm Italian. hundred percent. They're and, very good. dancers. We're, My we're good dancers. I'm a good dancer. I like, love it. It's in our blood. So Look another thing. So then, so Devin, when Astro, you, say hi to Prince. Prince. When you met him, did you like, like, were you like in awe of the fact that he was like a rock star? Um, no. Did you I, like? I just he. I mean, she I, saw how cute he was. She didn't care what he was. No, no, he was he was not in the the best place at the time when I met him, and he had two little girls, five and ten. Oh, there he is. And he had Fabulous. been divorced for a couple of years. And he was just, he was sort of, you know, just not really looking for a relationship. I was 41. He was 52. 
at the you, time. When so, you met, when you met, yeah, when we were reintroduced, we met re re when Larry we introduced met back uh, <clears throat> when I first won Star Search and right. he was first on The Bold and the Beautiful. Our exes actually did a movie together and we met at a rap party that our exes were in. And I remembered meeting him. So when Lorenzo was telling me, I'm going to introduce you to this guy on my show, he never mentioned Ron. He was talking about this other guy, Windsor Harmon, who uh, played his brother. And I was thinking in my head, gee, I wish it was that Ron guy. But he wasn't. He wasn't married. And it turned out to be him instead of, Loren uh, instead of Windsor. Because yeah, but Ron, Ron, then you were happy. Then you were happy. But wait, Ron wasn't married. He was single. No, that's it. She didn't, he know, didn't that. know that. He oh, was oh, telling oh, oh, Windsor oh. about me, and Windsor said, Dude, I'm married. You should introduce well, me to Ron. How, how did you get how did, what what technique did you use to get him? Me? You, of course, of course, the little devil. No she way. said, Me? Oh, the other way around. She's so innocent. Did you hear that one? No, me? it was the other way around. She just walked in and he was like Puppy. Come on, no, Astro. You're on my wire. I don't know. I think I think I was just a very strong, independent woman, and he was who, attracted who asked to that. Who on, who asked who on the first date? It took you about. Even ask uh, me on a date. I did, Devin still he, laments about me not even calling her for a week. She. she <laughs> we had one date at that Mastros in Beverly Hills. I didn't call her for over a week. Uh, what she doesn't, what she fails to say was I was working 17, 18 hour days on a show that was unrelenting and it's hard. It's hard to do anything. Yeah, exactly. You gotta like love my it, future understanding wife. <laughs> But she I, came, I didn't really came know, to realize I didn't know what, what kind to of think, work it was. Most of our dates were at Windsor's house for the first month. I didn't, I mean, he didn't really ask me out for, we hung out. Okay, okay, let me rephrase that. When did you get your first kiss? Um. Well, you know, he. I had to reteach him how to kiss. <laughs> Ron Moss, the Ron Moss, the, the soap kiss. opera Romeo. You had no, to teach he, him how to kiss. He these fake kisses because his ex-wife <laughs> was jealous of her, him kissing on the show. I'm like, dude, you don't know how to kiss. I have to. Everybody thinks you're so adorable. <laughs> That's He's hilarious. Wait a minute. So how? Wait. So. So there's I, a difference between a TV's kiss and a real kiss. Is what oh, she's I don't saying. think he kissed a TV kiss. No, we did. We did. We had a technique that was just very copacetic and all. And I got so used to that doing it for so many years that I've, I lost my ability to really to kiss. kiss. To kiss and real. <laughs> Devin literally went, that's not a kiss. That is hilarious. This, this is a kiss. And this she said, wow. That's, that's I have forgotten. in love with, Ron. I taught him how to freaking kiss. <laughs> I think it just blew his whole image. I mean, every woman that's madly in love with him is going to say, you know what? I could have taught him to kiss. Now they're all going to fantasize that they should have had Ron to teach him to kiss. You know, women okay, like so to be in. So let me give you the quick story. Sure. So on the show, I'm doing the fake kisses. Me and Catherine, who has been playing opposite me for more years than I've been married, right? <laughs> and I... I come home, I 
get this big lesson from Devin. Two minutes. And I literally have to go back to Catherine. And I said, Catherine, I'm going to tell you a funny story. I told her the whole thing. She laughed. I said, would it be okay if on the show, since we've been married seven times, can we just kiss for real instead of doing the fake kiss anymore? And she, I expected her to go, I don't know. She went, yeah, sure, that's okay. <laughs> She's probably been waiting for years to do that. With she had no problem. She had no problem. Of course she had no problem. It was one of her masturbation fantasies. Go, Devin. Go, Devin. Ron, I did movies. So in the movies, we I, I actually really kissed uh, Billy Warlock when I did Society and Patrick Dempsey when I did um, Can't Buy Me Love. Ron, on these soaps, because they were married and they had to do all the fake kissing because they're doing, you know, working together all the time. He got used to doing that. He forgot how to actually kiss. That's and I said, will you just go kiss her for real and <laughs> tell great. her? So hang on, you guys, because we only got like 30 seconds left. Oh, I want to do my more. fan room live. Everybody get tickets June 5th, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, fan room live with Devin DeVasquez and Ron Moss. Go to fanroomlive.com to get your tickets. Check out devindevasquez.com and ronmoss.com. Follow them. Devin DeVasquez is just Devin DeVasquez on all on the social medias, Instagram and Twitter. But Ron on Instagram is Ron Moss, but on Twitter, he's Ron underscore Moss. On Twitter, so you guys got to get that right. We want to thank you guys so much for coming Jimmy on the Ron, show. Thank you, thank you. Oh, no, you're both, and you guys hang on one second because our engineer wants to ask you a question. You're really <laughs> delightful people. I knew that when we met you at Sue's. I even said to Jimmy, "They're going to be good interviews." I knew it because she, that little demonette down there. Oh, and Mr. Linoleum. Prince. Linoleum. Hi, Mr. Prince. If no. we do this again, <laughs> if we do this again, I'll play a little song for you. There we, we go. are going to do, do it, it again, again because I'm sure there's mi millions of women out there saying, <gasps> bring, oh, everybody in the chat wait, room, bring him on again. Actually, but everybody, <laughs> actually, everybody on the chat room thinks he's very cute and everything, but they're all saying that Devin is totally adorable. She is adorable. <laughs> no, you know, what? they're, they're a wonderful team because he they plays, are. he plays off of her. And she knows when to come in and, and be sweet and cute. You you both work it well. I love your personality. All right, everybody. So we're going to go. And, and I'm happy that off. we know each other. I'm really happy. <laughs> now, welcome to our soap opera family. We know everybody from Judith Chapman down to who? Everybody. It doesn't matter. We got to go. So we got to oh, go. Oh, I don't want to go. Hey, everybody. Down thanks so much. Tune in next week. To him. We'll see you yeah, at we'll the you guys at place the, that at the we're place not that going. We're gonna see you in Austin. <laughs> That's right. And uh, and and stay online. One second, you guys. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. bye Thanks, Charu. Bye see bye. you later. Good show. Good show, folks. Yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes. Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 